Uh, an issue that's getting a lot more attention as it should. Look, a big part of the inflation story in recent months has been increases in food prices. And a lot of those food prices have been driven by food shortages. Ukraine, for example, uh, there's been major disruptions in commodities. And as such, commodity prices have increased. So there's a need to, to add to world supply of wheat and grain and other commodities. And there's concern that policies being looked at by the federal government could actually mean reductions in Canada's production levels. And so that's got farmers really concerned. Now, this all concerns the government's climate strategy and targets. Part of those targets involve fertilizer, nitrogen specifically. So the government wants to reduce emissions from fertilizer by 30% by 2030. Now, when it comes to the agriculture industry, you know, the argument is that, look, we're already very efficient when it comes to the use of nitrogen. And these kinds of ambitious targets could reduce not just emissions, but overall production. Now, the government insists that this doesn't have to reduce fertilizer use or by extension output. But I think the concern in the agriculture industry is that it, it, it very may will. And that would be a big problem for farmers and by extension, I think, for Canadians. Well, joining us to talk about where things are at, what the concern is about trying to achieve these targets. Very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, Stephen Vandervonk, uh, who's uh, Alberta VP for Western Canada Wheat Growers Association, a fourth generation farmer himself, much more at wheatgrowers.ca. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, time you're giving to this. Well, and I think, you know, it, it certainly des is deserving of attention, obviously, given the implications here. So, first of all, where are things at right now in terms of any kind of consultation still underway or or the targets themselves? Sure. So, yeah, they, they have announced they have consultations till the end of the month, which, again, they are not backing away. They've even doubled down here in the last few days that they are not backing away from the net reduction number that they're that they're going to impose and so uh, and they keep saying this is going to be voluntary and this is going to be not mandatory but yeah we've all been down that road with with them so uh so it's a huge concern not just for farmers but for uh consumers in canada and especially for importing countries around the world Right. So let's talk about what these targets represent. So the government says a 30% reduction in emissions by 2030. They admit that this is ambitious, but they say it doesn't have to result in, in a reduction of fertilizer use or by extension output. But what do you see as the consequences then of, of expecting farmers to meet these targets? Yeah, it, it's very, very clear. And, and it's, there's no gray zone in this. If they're talking about a 30% reduction in, in emissions, that basically correlates into a direct 30% reduction in, in fertilizer use, example, nitrogen. Um, farmers have spent the last 40 years, especially the last 20, getting, we are so efficient with how we place our fertilizer. I've, in, on my farm, I've literally spent millions of dollars on equipment to get it as efficient as we can be. Uh, we place the fertilizer with the seed in the ground, um, so there is no, um, there's no room. There's lots of examples we can get into about how we don't overlap even an inch on our equipment, all this technology, and, and none of that's being given credit for. So it's very frustrating, and we're just downright confused. We just don't understand uh, what, what, what's going on here, to be totally honest about it. Right. And even just in, in the last few months, I mean, as we've seen um, fertilizer cost increase, you know, there's you know, even a further need, right, for farmers to be as efficient as possible. 
We, we work on, there's a reason why farms are owned 97% by family farms. Corporate farming doesn't work. There's not enough profit in it. We literally spend a generation paying off our investment, 20, 30, 40 years. If we're not efficient, we, we work on under 2% returns on investment. If we are not 100% efficient, uh, we're not in business. And so fertilizer is so expensive. It's our number one cost. So for us to give to let off nitrous, nitrous oxide, that, those emissions that they're talking about, that only means we're losing fertilizer into the atmosphere. And we're not in the business to even lose any fertilizer. So, and, and we don't. I reject, actually, most of what their, their assumptions are and their modeling. It's 20-, 30-year-old data. Farming in Western Canada, it, it, we don't do any of that anymore. So. Right. When it comes to our output right now, I mean, has, has Canada ba- managed to increase output in recent years? Where, where are we at, first of all, in terms of, of our overall output? So you're, you're, you make a very good point because they are using, and they keep saying it, a, a, a baseline number of 2020, and we have to hit those net targets. It has nothing to do with, example, what we've done in the last 20, 10 to 20 years. We would literally grow twice as much food with equal amount of inputs. But that's not being considered. Even going forward, they're not saying any increase in production per unit of fertilizer still doesn't count. It's a net reduction to 2020 levels. So what do you say to that? They're saying they're consulting, but they're not. They have their numbers and they're sticking to it. It's, it's, It's very, very difficult. Right. There was a report done by Fertilizer Canada warned that Canada could lose 160 million metric tons of canola corn in spring wheat. Uh, you know, from 2023 to 2030 under this plan. Yep. That, that's a significant reduction in supply. We've seen the disruption, obviously, given what's happened yep. in Ukraine and how that affects food prices. That, that that would have a huge impact, it seems. Yeah, I mean, again, you see the minister and even some of his uh, cabinet out in the world stage saying that, oh, Canada is going to make up for the shortfall from Ukraine and from other droughts around the world. Mm-hmm. And then on this other side of their mouth, they're saying, okay, well, we're going to impose this reduction, which means literally a 30% reduction in nitrogen, which literally means a 30% reduction in yield. It's basically one-to-one. I mean, it's, it's no different than asking a factory, okay, we need you to reduce your energy consumption by 30%. What does that mean? 30% less of whatever they're producing. It's, it's really that simple. Right. So what what would be a reasonable approach? Does the government need to rethink these targets? Does the government need to, you know, offer more support to industry, whether it comes to, you know, technology or anything else? Like, how could we move forward in a reasonable way here, do you think? Well, a reasonable way would be to recognize that we've, like I said, spent millions of dollars on, on equipment. Like, my tractor can sit in downtown Calgary and clean the air. That's how clean they run. We spend $70,000 just on on emissions control, on tractors that get used for $200 a year. None of this stuff is being given credit for. And, and on top of all that, agriculture, we're net negative. We already sequester more carbon, more carbon, uh, more greenhouse gases by the function of what we grow than it takes to grow that stuff. And they, they, they don't, they don't, they, they refuse to give us credit for that. They just refuse, 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 refuse. And it's just a matter of, no, we got to have this reduction. And it's just like, what, what more can we do? My, my cedar, I'm 84 feet wide. We don't overlap one inch. Our sprayer, same thing, 35, 135 feet wide. Each nozzle is individually controlled. So as soon as you hit anywhere where you spray it, it shuts off. All this technology we've spent, we spent doing for the last 20 years is just like, sorry, now you have to start from 
from today's levels, you're like, well, sorry, I've already, I'm as efficient as I possibly can be. So now I guess I just have to cut my rates, which is hugely detrimental to the uh, already record high food prices in Canada. And, and this is a huge issue for Canada is one of the very few consistent exporting countries around the world. And so those countries that depend on Canada for, for the food is, are, are definitely in jeopardy. Well, no kidding. I mean, everything farmers had to deal with over the last couple of years uh, and, you know, higher costs and everything else. And now to have to face this. I mean, yeah, it's the frustration is, is there. That's, you know, an existential crisis, I think, for a lot of operations. We've seen in the Netherlands where, you know, the government there is taking a similar approach with their climate targets where farmers there have just, you know, they're, they're beyond frustrated. We've seen massive protests and you know, that, that frustration's brewing here, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. This won't be taken lightly. I, I know there hasn't been much coverage in Canada about what's happening in the Netherlands, but, I mean, that country's been shut down. I mean, and, and taking it to the next level past what, but where we could end up is Sri Lanka, where they're just out of food completely because of government policy. And the, I think the government had to flee. The, the, the population just uprose and took over the buildings, and they had to flee. And so it's, it's, it's something where... Listen, we're in Western Canada. We have a huge land base, very few people. We export 90% of what we grow. I'm not suggesting there's food shortages coming. Definitely price hikes coming, but not food shortages. But it definitely is a problem uh, around the world for places like Egypt or places like that who, who, who depend on other countries for their food. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep following this much more at wheatgrowers.ca. Stephen, thanks so much for making some time for us here this afternoon.